life? You ever been in a place where you've needed, you need a breakthrough in your life, in your situation? And uh, I believe that He is the God of the breakthrough. Amen. So in 1 Chronicles, I'm going to share a few thoughts with you tonight. Uh, a little um, narrative here and a story of, from the life of David. And uh, we're going to begin reading in verse number 8, 1 Chronicles chapter 14 and verse number 8. And it says this, And when, notice this first verse, And when the Philistines heard that David was anointed. When the Philistines heard that David was anointed, king over all of Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek David. Now that word seek doesn't mean they were coming up to congratulate him. Doesn't mean that they were coming to tell him how glad they were that he's now anointed king over all Israel. That word refers to the fact they were coming up to boot him out, to kill him. They wanted, they wanted to take his life. They were coming in opposition to David and to the anointing that was upon him. And um, it said that David heard of it and went out against them. And the Philistines came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. The word Rephaim means, in the, it's, means the valley of giants. And so David, look at verse number 10. The Philistines have come against David. And in verse number 10 it says, And David, what did he do? David inquired of the Lord. That's a good thing to do. Can I get an amen there? David inquired of the Lord. That's something we need to learn tonight. Trying to get situated here. David inquired of God saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines, and will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to him, Go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. And they came up to Baal, Baal Perizim, or Baal Perizim, and David smote them there. And then David said, God has broken in on my enemies by my hand like the breaking forth of waters. Therefore the place, therefore they called the name of that place Baal Perizim, which actually means the God of the breakthrough. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And when they had left their gods there, speaking of the Philistines, David gave a commandment and they were burned with fire. And the Philistines said again, yet again, now notice verse 13, and, and there's just been a, a great defeat of the enemy. But it says, and the Philistines yet again spread themselves abroad in the valley. Just because you've won a victory one time, doesn't mean that that same enemy isn't going to come back against you a second time. Therefore David acquired, inquired again of the Lord. He's not taking anything for granted. He could have just jumped up and said, Well, we won last time. We'll just go do what we did before. But 
he didn't do that. He took the time to inquire of the Lord the second time. And God said to David, Go not up after them, but turn away from them and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. In other words, now God's given him a totally different tactic and he's saying, Don't go out against them this time, but run from them. Go, go away from them. Go around. This had to be a humbling experience. For David to have just won a battle against the Philistines and they come out again against him and the Lord says, I don't want you to do it that way now, but go around, go, go from them and circle back around by the mulberry trees, over against the mulberry trees. And it shall be, verse 15, and it shall be that when you shall hear a sound of going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then you shall go out to battle for God is gone forth before you to smite the host of the Philistines. And David therefore did as God commanded him. I wished I could get that across to a lot of folks. And David did, David did as God commanded him, and they smote the host. You know, obedience to the Lord will always bring us to a place of victory. And they smote the host of the Philistines from Gibeon even to Gezer. Amen. The God of the breakthrough. Father, thank you tonight for your word. Thank you for these great um, stories in the Old Testament of mighty men of faith and mighty men of God. And you've told us, Lord, in your word that, that uh, the Apostle Paul said, Lord, that, that these are examples to us and we can learn from them. When we know that you're the same God today that you were in those days, you haven't changed. You're the Lord that changes not. And tonight, Lord, we thank you for that. We pray for your anointing tonight upon this message. I ask you to help us to preach and to minister your word. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen. and amen. amen. We've all been in that place where we've needed a breakthrough in our life and a breakthrough against our enemies. I know I've been there and I'm sure everybody in this service tonight could basically say the same thing. I, I've been where I've needed a breakthrough in my life. But God is a God, as I've said, of breakthrough. He specializes in giving us those breakthroughs in our life. When you think of that word, we sing about that, you know, about God being the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. We sing about Him being the God of the breakthrough. And we talk about having our breakthroughs. We talk about needing a breakthrough in our life. But have we ever just stopped to think about what we're, what we're saying or what that word breakthrough refers to? What does it actually mean? And I, I, was, I was kindly meditating on this and that thought came to me. And I thought, well, what exactly do we mean by a breakthrough? You know, we say that all the time, I, you know, when you're praying. A lot of times you'll say, God, I need a breakthrough in this situation. And, uh, but I looked that word up, and here's the definition. A breakthrough is the act or the instance of surpassing an obstruction or a restriction or the overcoming of a stalemate. Now I want you to think about that for a minute. It's the act or, or the instance of surpassing an obstruction, in other words, something that's in your way, or a restriction, or the overcoming of a stalemate. A stalemate being when you're stuck in a place and you just can't go any farther. 
You're, you're in a situation where it doesn't seem like you're making any headway or you're making any progress. There's something that's, something that's standing in your way that's just keeping you from moving forward in your walk with the Lord and obtaining the victory that God wants you to have. And you all know we're supposed to always be moving forward in our walk with God. There's no place for us as Christians to back up or to, to turn around or regress, but we're always to be moving forward in the Lord. But that's a breakthrough. It also said that a breakthrough was any significant or sudden advancement, development, achievement, or increase that removes that barrier to your progress. So that's what a breakthrough is. It's a significant, and I like this word, a sudden advance or development or achievement or an increase that removes the barrier to your progress. So in other words, God, when He gives us a breakthrough, He's removing the obstacle He's removing the barrier that's hindering our forward progress or hindering us from receiving that victory or coming into that place and receiving what the Lord has for us. So I want to tell you something tonight that God, there's times in our life we've got to have those breakthroughs and those breakthroughs only can come from the Lord. Can I get an amen? They can only come from the Lord. Now listen, um, I want you to understand something tonight, that, that breakthroughs are not only possible for us, but breakthroughs are also probable. And this text reveals the fact that God is a God of the breakthrough. And all through the Bible, the Lord has given breakthroughs to His people. He's always come on the scene. And when they've believed Him and when they've trusted Him, He's always come on the scene to bring them through and to give them a breakthrough. And so in this particular text, you know, we see uh, the enemy gathered together in a place called the Valley of Rephaim, which I said means the Valley of Giants. And uh, how many knows there's giant, there's spiritual giants that we have to face in our life. And here in the Valley of Giants, the Bible says that David went out against these Philistines who were an enemy of his um, for many, many years. You know, Goliath of Gath, the giant that David killed as a young teenage boy, was a Philistine. And um, so it's here in the Valley of Giants where God gives a victory. And the place is called, in verse 11, ba Baal Perizim, which means, as I said, it means the Lord of the breakthrough or the God of the breakthrough. And, and David used that name in naming this place after God had given him the victory because God, he said, this is what David said there. He said, for God has broken in upon my enemies by my hand like the breaking forth of, of waters. God broke through in the place that the enemy thought that they were the strongest in David's life. They thought there wasn't any way that David was going to be able to overcome them or defeat them, the Philistines, didn't they? As I said, they had come against him to destroy him, to get him off the throne and to kill him. But it was at that place that God moved and gave him the breakthrough. And I believe that God wants us to experience those times of breakthrough in our life, to to 
tear down those obstructions and those restrictions. And God, you know, we need to overcome those. If we're stuck and we're in that place of stalemate where we're not moving forward, and there seems like there's just that obstacle that's there in our way, that enemy that has come against us, that hindrance that is there. Man, we, you know, you've done everything to try to get through that thing. But it's going to take the power of God. It's going to take the anointing of God to break through that obstacle and that barrier. Amen? God's got to do that. He's got to move. And when God comes and gives breakthroughs many times, and well, they are. They are significant and they are sudden breakthroughs. God, you know, one minute the enemy can be there opposing you. And do you realize that the next minute God can remove that thing in one split second. It doesn't take God a long time. Amen. We, we pray and we pray and we believe and we believe and we trust and we stand on the Word of God. But when God comes on the scene, I'm telling you, breakthroughs happen and they happen in, in, in a moment of time. They're sudden in their, in, their, uh, uh, in their coming. And when God comes, it removes that barrier to our progress. But when we look at this text here, we see something. And, and I brought this to our attention as I was reading it. But when David was anointed king over all Israel, that anointing brought an opposition of the enemy in his life. And I think there's something, a, a, a spiritual lesson for us here of significance because the, the, the Philistines, which the enemy, was not pleased that David had been anointed king. So they moved quickly to challenge him. And, um, you know, that's always what the enemy tries to do and always what he does is to try to challenge what you get from the Lord. He doesn't like to see, Satan does not like to see you or I come to a place of, of blessing of God or of advancement in the Lord. And the anointing, when, when God blesses you, anoints you, and, and, and moves in your life, Satan doesn't like that, especially if you come to that place and you're growing in the Lord and uh, you become a threat to the kingdom of God. Anytime you're getting stronger in the Lord, you're becoming a greater threat to the, to the kingdom of darkness and to the enemy. Are you, are you with me? And so Satan will oppose that. He will always stand against that. And he will oppose that. And David had shamed the Philistines in battle uh, over the past years. And now they're determined to come against him and to attack him. And so we need to understand that the anointing of God and the blessing of God always brings opposition from the enemy. We always talk about how, how much we want to be like Jesus. And we want, at least I hope we, I hope we talk about that. I hope we desire that, to be more like Jesus. I hope that's your heart's desire. But, you know, we want more of God's Spirit. We want more of His power. We want more of His anointing. But do you understand and realize that the more we're promoted in the kingdom of God and the more the blessing of God and the Spirit of God that, that is placed in our life, that it does draw an opposition of the enemy in our life. Because the one thing that Satan does fear is a Christian that is full of God and on fire for the Lord. Amen. 
You know, some people say, well, you know, brother, brother pastor, the, now, the devil, I never have any problem with the devil. The devil never bothers me. Well, you know, they need to get in an altar somewhere and really pray through because, you know, they obviously don't have anything that's bothering the devil. They don't have anything that's a threat to the enemy. And uh, so, but when you do have um, something from the Lord, the enemy's going to attempt to oppose you, to do everything that he can to stop you in your walk with the Lord. The closer you get to God, the more of, of his presence and spirit you have, the more you're growing in the things of the Lord. Uh, I believe that the more nervous the enemy gets, Paul experienced opposition in his ministry. Now, any time uh, that we're not having some kind of opposition from the enemy, and I don't mean to give you the idea tonight that you're just going to always constantly be oppressed of the enemy. I don't believe that. I believe that, that through Jesus Christ, we're free from all oppression of Satan. The devil has no right to oppress my life, to oppress my mind. Amen. He can't have any of that. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I'm wall to wall. Holy Ghost. Come on. Amen. Praise God. Uh, his spirit lives within me, so I'm walking in that victory, all right? And uh, so, you know, the devil cannot defeat. The, the, the greatest thing the enemy can do is to lie to us and to deceive us and to make us believe that he can conquer or he can overcome us. So I don't want to leave the impression tonight that, that, that you're just going to live under a constant attack. There will be times of attack of the enemy, but there will be breakthroughs and there will be victories and then there will be times when you're walking just under the, under the spout where the glory's running out. Amen? Oh, those are the good times, you know, when you're on that, on that mountaintop enjoying the blessings of the Lord. But then there are times we come down and we go through those valleys into that valley of giants and we face those enemies and uh, we face that opposition. So Paul, he also faced opposition in his ministry. He didn't always have it easy. And, you know, we're not going to float through life on flowery beds of ease all the time. There will be opposition. Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, he said, we, wherefore, he said, we would have come to you, even I, Paul, once and again. But he said, but Satan hindered us. Paul wanted to come to that church at Thessalonica on several different occasions, but there was a hindrance that the enemy put in the way that, that hindered him. It didn't stop him. Satan, listen to me. The devil can't stop you if you won't let him stop you. You have to give in and allow him to stop you. I think that's the sad thing about so many in the church today that they have allowed Satan to stop them. But you now he can hinder and he will hinder. And there are adversaries that come against us, but he cannot stop us or defeat us. Paul didn't say that he was stopped by, the, by Satan, but he said he was merely hindered by Satan. And so the, the anointing attracts, the spiritual growth attracts the uh, attacks of the enemy, but we need to understand something too that the same anointing that's on your life will also cause you to rise above 
the attacks of the enemy and overcome those attacks of the enemy. See, it's not by our own might or our own power that we overcome, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. None of the victories that we win, uh, the spiritual victories that we win, victories that we win uh, against the flesh, the world, and the devil, those victories will only be won through the Spirit of God, not, not within our own strength, not within our own abilities. You, you try to overcome in your own strength or abilities, and you're going to be defeated every single time. But thank God we're not fighting the enemy in our own strength. It's be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might and put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. God's given us armor. We talked about that in one of our Wednesday night sessions. Spiritual armor that He's provided for us against all the attacks of the enemy. So that same anointing that is upon you and in your life will cause you to rise above those attacks. John said it this way in a verse that we all know, but sometimes, you know, we forget about what, what he said in 1 John 4, 4. He said, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he Greater is he that is in you, that is you in you, than he that is in the world. See, the greater one lives in you today. I'm not just trying to pump you up or hype you up or all, anything like that. I'm telling you the truth. You have an unction from the Holy One. You have an anointing that's on the inside of you that will overcome. If you'll yield to that anointing, that power of God, the greater one in you will give you victory over every, every attack of the enemy that comes against your life. So the anointing, he was anointed king over all of Israel and it drew the attention of his enemies and they came against him seeking to kill him. And when this happened, the Bible says that when this problem arose, David did something interesting it said that he began to seek the Lord's direction. You know, I think, you know what I think? You probably don't care what I think, but you know what I think? I think that this is probably where most all of us miss it right here, is we just, we just get the idea that we can do, you know, we, we just do what we want to, and we, we never seek the direction of the Lord in anything. But, but he asked for God's direction because David knew one thing, that, that here he was now. God had put him in this place as king over Israel and, and the enemy's coming against him and he doesn't want to make one move without getting direction from the Lord. He had already found out what happens when you try to move the ark and do it without getting the direction from the Lord and doing it the way God wants. Do you know there's a right way to do things and then there's a, there's, there's a wrong way to do things, amen? There's our way and then there's God's way. 
And we have to do it. We have to flow with the Holy Spirit and be led by the Holy Spirit. And I love this about David because he didn't want to miss God. So he, he goes to the Lord. He doesn't know what to do. Oh, he's a, mighty, he's a mighty warrior. He could assemble the army and go out and fight against this enemy. But he's not going to do anything until he gets direction from God. Wouldn't that save us all a lot of problems? Wouldn't that save all of us a lot of heartaches and a lot of trouble? Has anybody besides me ever done something and then it turned out to be wrong and you always say, Lord, I should have asked you about that first? Huh? Boy, I've had that happen more than once. You'd think the first time that happened, we'd learn our lesson, wouldn't do it anymore. But, you know, that's usually not the way it goes. But, but, but that's why, you know, we've been, we've been teaching on the Lord's Prayer. That's why part of that prayer, the first part of that prayer, is we come into the Lord and we seek His kingdom and His righteousness. And we seek Him and, he, and we pray, Your will be done. Your will be done in my life. I want you to show up. We're seeking God every day. We should be every single day and every morning for direction in our life. And so that's what David did. He didn't go to God. Listen, here's what David said. He went to the Lord with some specific questions. And he said to the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? That was question number one. I'm not going to move I'm not going to do anything till I first find out if that's the right thing to do or if you Sometimes we think this is the right thing to do and after we do it we find out I just blew it. Glory to God. So he said, shall I go up against the Philistines? That was the first question. And then the second one was this. If I do go up against them, will you deliver them into my hands? Because I don't want to go out against this enemy and not be, not be victorious. And you know what David was doing here? Can you see how David was putting his confidence in the Lord? He, would, he had made up his mind, I'm not going against this enemy unless I know you're going to be with me and give me the victory when I go out against them. I'm not going to face them on my own. I'm not going out of my own power. I'm not going out without some direction from you, Lord, and to know that you will give me the victory. We've got to know that in our hearts. Praise the Lord. I mean, David, he didn't go to God with his own plan. He didn't go to God and say, Okay, God, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> Amen? That's kind of what, you know, that's kind of way, the way some Christians are. Lord, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to go here, and I'm going to go there. I'm making all these plans. But David didn't make any plans until he went before the Lord. He didn't make his own plans and then go to God and say, here's my plan. I want you to bless my plan. But David went to the Lord for the plan. He had won a lot of battles. He had defeated Goliath. As I said, he was a, a, a mighty warrior. He was, a, he was a, 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 great, a, a courageous man. But yet here, even though he had fought other battles and won, here when he faces this enemy, he goes before God and he asks God some questions and he waits on God to give him the answer and to tell him what to do. And what I want to stress to you here on this Sunday night is, 
is this, that you and I, no matter how, no matter how close you feel you are to God, when, in this walk of life, we must continually be seeking God for His direction and for His leadership in our lives. Come on, amen? amen. Hallelujah. We, we have reasons to be confident like David was. We've seen God work. We've seen, have you seen God work in your life? Have you seen God give you victories in your life? We, we, we've saw God do great things, and, um, but you know, still, we've saw Him move in mighty ways. But, but the only way that you and I are going to continue to experience God's power in fresh ways and in new ways is to seek Him. And the only way to get His direction is to ask Him for it. Sometimes we feel like that's, that's just an automatic thing. But the Bible says that we are to ask the Lord for that guidance and that direction. In all your ways, Proverbs 3 says, In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. But if you're not acknowledging the Lord, you don't have any, you don't have any promise there of Him directing your way or directing your paths. You, you, can you see that tonight? There's too many times that you and I, we think that we know what's right and we know what's best and we just really don't seek the direction of the Lord we won't we won't here's the problem you want to get right down to it the problem is we want what we want doesn't really matter to us many times what the Lord wants we just we just want what we want and we're going to do what we want amen But that's, that's our problem tonight. We need to take this example from David and seek after him. So we seek him for direction. We do like David. We ask him for the guidance and the direction. But then, when God gives the direction, follow it. I know this is kind of elementary and kind of simple. But when God gives the direction, follow it. Do you know, oh, I'm going to blow some of your minds. Do you know that a lot of the direction that you'll get from the Lord, you may believe this or you may not, but a lot of the direction that God will try to speak into your life will come from this pulpit? Praise God. I got, I got, I got, I'm going to go preach over here. They're clapping over here. These are, they're amening me over here. <laughs> but a lot, not all, but much. That's, the, that's what a pastor's for. He's placed in the church. Jesus has the five-fold ministry gift of the, the, uh, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, and the pastor and the teacher. And a lot of the direction that you'll get if you come to church expecting that. Asking God for that. You know, I, I tell people, I've told you this before, you know, and, and um, the best counseling that you can ever have is not, and I do counsel folks, you know, one-on-one. -on -one, I, I don't like to call it counseling. I call it personal ministry because I'm ministering to them the Word just as I would in a church service. But the greatest counsel that you can get, counseling session, 
is to be in the house of the Lord. You know what? You know what really gets me sometimes? You know what really gets me? Is that people will come to the pastor for advice or counseling, but they won't come to church. I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight because y'all's here on Sunday night. But I learned this a long time ago, that if folks have a problem, here's my, here's my advice and here's my counsel to them. You come to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, bring your Bible. You come to those services, every one that you, you possibly can. I know sometimes there's jobs that interfere, and, but, but every opportunity you come to church and you bring your Bible and you listen to what's being taught from that pulpit and you apply those principles, biblical principles to your life and God will take care of that problem. That problem will be solved. And then, well, I just can't do that. I just, I just can't do that. And then they ignore that counsel and then they go on having the problem and then they want to schedule another counseling session with the pastor and I'm going to tell them the same thing I told them the first time. You haven't done what I told you first. You got to start doing that first. Are you with me? How did we get off on all that? That wasn't even in my notes. Oh, yeah, I know. Because, because the direction, a lot of the direction. Listen, the Lord's not going to lead you in anything that's outside of this book, that's outside of this word. Amen? People, a lot of times folks are, are, are seeking a word from the Lord or somebody to tell them what they need to do. And you know the way you find out what to do? You get your Bible and you get in your prayer closet and you do what David just did here in this text and, and you say, Lord, what should I do? Will you help me? Will you show me? Will you give me direction? There's 66 books here between these black covers that will, get, that will reveal to you the, the will of God for your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm talking about, I thought you was going to talk about breakthrough. I am. You're not going to have a breakthrough unless you first go to the Lord and get direction from Him. Praise God. Amen. Oh, I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. But I can't be there Sunday. We're going, we're going to uh, wherever, you know, Six Flags. Or we're going here. We're going to the zoo. We're going somewhere. We're going to the ball game. We're going. We don't have time to come to church, preacher. But I need a breakthrough. Oh, hallelujah. Give this tape to the Sunday morning only people, okay? Praise God. So we've got to follow the direction once we get the direction. Whew. Be you. What did James say? Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. It's a very deceptive thing that when we think we can hear the word and then just do what we want to. I've got, I got to move on. But... but but when God gives that direction, and, and that's what David did. There were two key areas that, 
that he prayed about here in this passage. He, he prayed for God's direction and he prayed also for God's presence. He said, shall I? And then he said, will you? So the fact is that where God leads us, when we get His direction and we're walking in His way, where God leads us, that's where His presence will be. Did you get that? Where He leads us, that's where His presence will be. And I, I, I've got to have His presence. We've got to have His presence. And as long as you and I will follow His leading, we will have the presence of God. And that's one thing that David knew. He knew how important it was to have God's presence with him in this battle. He had faced Goliath. He had faced other enemies. And he knew that every victory that he won... It was God that gave him the victory. And you read through those Psalms. I, I, I read through the Psalms every day. I'm reading in the Psalms. No matter whatever else I'm studying, what book I'm studying, what I'm going through, reading through the Bible. But every day I read from Psalms and I read from Proverbs every day. But when you read those Psalms, I'm going to tell you because Psalms will put you in an attitude of worship. Psalms will put you in an attitude of praise and an attitude of prayer. But when you read those Psalms, David is always, you read those Psalms, there's never a time in those Psalms where David's saying, oh, I got this, God. I can handle this problem. I can overcome this. No, he's always depending on the Lord. He's always seeking the Lord for his help in his life. And here was a man that experienced the breakthrough in his life. See, without God's presence. There is no assurance of His protection. There's no assurance of His power. There's no assurance of His provision. And that was the thing that Moses said to God when he, when he was in that prayer meeting with Him on the mountain. He said, I, we need Your presence. And if Your presence does not go with us, this was after Israel had sinned. He, he said, God, if You're not going to go with us, if Your presence is not going to be with us, we're not leaving here. We're not going. Don't take us from here. We're not going to take another step till we know we have the presence and the leading of the Holy Spirit. When you've got His presence and leading, He will lead you to victory. He will lead you to breakthrough. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. David knew the importance of that presence of God. And uh, so We've got to have His presence. We've got to seek His direction. David defeated the enemy in this battle. I've got to hurry. I'm out of time. But David defeated the enemy in this battle. I've lost my place. There it is. In verse number 11, and it says that, uh, that they came to Baal... Perizim and David smote them there. And then David said, God's broken in on my enemies by my hand. In other words, God used me. I didn't do it. God used me to do it. He did it through my hand. Like the breaking forth of waters, therefore they called the name of that place Baal Perizim or the God of breakthrough, the place of breaches, the Lord of the breakthrough. But then... And they took the gods of the Philistines and they burned them with fire. But then verse 13 says this. Okay, they've just won a great victory. Now I'm bringing this down. Listen, they've just won a great victory. But then, notice what it says in verse number... Now this is where all the shouting stops. Because in verse 13 it says, And the Philistines 
yet again, they've just been defeated and David's just conquered them and David's just overcome them. And then it said, and they, they came again. They came back and they spread themselves abroad in the valley again. Do you see, do you see something here? David defeated the enemy but they came back. And just because, just because you have won a victory in your life or had a breakthrough in your life doesn't mean that the enemy will not come back yet again because he will come back. Amen? I said he will come back. When Jesus defeated Satan in the wilderness of temptation, the Bible said, I believe it's in Luke's gospel, it said that then, uh, it said that the devil left him for a season. For a season. And so what does that mean? That means that sometime or another, the devil came back. He will always come back. But can I tell you this? that the God that gave you the breakthrough in the first battle is the God that will give you the victory and the breakthrough in the second battle when he comes back again. Hallelujah. There's never a time to quit. There's never a time to give up. There's never a time to throw in the towel. Amen. Because, yeah, the enemy's going to come again, and he'll come again, and he'll come again. But if we will follow the plan, God will show up again and again and again and give us the victory and the breakthrough in our life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, that's, that's just such a great lesson. And so the Philistines came again. And therefore the Bible said in verse 14 that David inquired again of the Lord. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be, you know, wouldn't you think David would, would have thought that it was unnecessary to pray the second time? I'll just do what I did the first time. We won the victory the first time, so there's no need in really praying about this. But... He went ahead and prayed the second time and asked God what He wanted him to do. And do you know something? God's plan for victory that second time was different than what it was the first time. See, that's why, that's why it's so important to have the leading of the Holy Spirit in every step that we take. Because God has a plan. He knows how to outwit, outfox, outsmart the enemy in every in every, in every aspect. So we've got to inquire of the Lord. He had a different plan. He led in a different direction. Verse 14 through 16 says, Therefore David inquired again of the Lord. And I like that because he inquired again of God. And God said to him, Go not up after them. Don't go like you did the first time, but turn away from them. And uh, in other words, turn and go away from them. They probably thought they had David on the run. And he said, turn and go. Boy, they was about to get fooled, though. And, 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 and come up uh, upon them over against the mulberry trees. Oh, hallelujah. And it shall be when you shall hear a sound of going in the tops of the mulberry trees that then you shall go out to the battle for when you hear that sound of the going in the mulberry trees, that, that wind rustling those leaves, oh, that's a type of the Holy Spirit. Come on. That's a type of the Holy Spirit coming on the scene. Oh, I don't know about anybody else, but I think that I can hear a sound of the rustling of the leaves in the tops of the mulberry trees tonight. 
God, he said, when you hear that sound, for God has gone forth before you to smite the host of the Philistines. And David therefore did as God commanded him. And they smote those of the Philistines from Gibeon even to Gaza. Hallelujah. He, he led him in a different direction. And God gave David that answer. God said, David, you go over by those more. I'm coming in. That, he said, David, I'm coming in wall to wall and treetop tall. Praise God. He said, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you hear that sound. And you'll know that my spirit is moving. Hallelujah. And when you hear that, I'm going before you and before you to defeat your enemies. When David got that direction from God, he saw the power. That's when he saw the power of God break forth upon those enemies. And when the Philistines were defeated, he described it there. And he said, God has broken in upon my enemies by my hand like the breaking forth of waters. Like the breaking forth of waters. He said, God has used me to burst through on my enemies like a raging flood. See, what David was saying was he's referring to the power of floodwaters. When floodwaters break out of their banks, great power is displayed and nothing can stand in the way. When the Tom Sock Reservoir uh, a number of years ago when that levee was breached. I mean it wiped out everything below there in its path. You know the devastation that there was that took place. And that, that was a, there was a breakthrough. It was a breakthrough. And, and that's what David's describing here. He said God has broken through upon my enemies like the breaking forth of water. In other words the, 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 the breach was made. The breakthrough was made. The, the obstruction or the obstacle was removed and it was taken out of the way. And, and God came like a flood of waters. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something, saints of God. When God unleashes the power of His Spirit, there is nothing. Listen to me. When God unleashes the power of His Spirit, there is nothing that can stand in His way. He will remove every obstacle. He will remove every opposition. He will break down the thing that is standing in your way. It's not not by my might or power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. He gives you and I the breakthrough and the victory in our life. Amen. I'm going to tell you when God gives a breakthrough, you know you've had a breakthrough. There's no guesswork about it. You know that God has moved in your life. Praise the Lord. Worship team, you can come on back. Let's Praise God. Praise God. Isaiah 59, 19 says this. You, you're familiar with this verse. It says, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. We're all familiar with that. But I like to read it this way. Because when we read it, sometimes we think, well, the enemy's the one coming in like the flood. And he does at times. And the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. But there's a comma. If, you, if you'll put the comma, if you'll put a comma after the word in and read it like this, because there was no, there was no punctuation 
in the Hebrew scrolls. It was just continuous writing. Punctuation was put in when they translated the Bible into English or whatever language, and they put the punctuation in there. So if man put in the punctuation, now if God had put that in, the punctuation's not inspired. If God had put the commas in, then we wouldn't move them. But if man puts it in, we can read this just a little different way. And I want to read it just a little different way. But, but let's put the comma after in and read it like that. When the enemy shall come in, comma, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. That didn't do a thing for anybody, did it? Can you see what I'm saying? When the enemy shall come in, we know he's coming in. But like a flood, like a flood, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will come like a flood and lift up a standard against the powers of darkness and against the enemy and will drive back the enemy. That's the breakthrough. David said, the Lord has broken through upon my enemies like the breaking forth of water, like a flood. When God's Spirit comes in the flood tide, the enemy cannot stand, the opposition cannot stand. That which is, is, is holding you back has got to be moved out of the way. Amen? There's a breakthrough that God has for your life tonight, for my life tonight, for this church tonight. You know, churches go through stalemate times. Amen? And uh, they, there's, there's any church, let me talk to you for a minute. Any church that is seeking the Lord to do the will of the Lord, there's going to be opposition that will come against it. If we're not doing anything for God, we can't figure the devil's going to be too worried about us. But churches get in that place of stalemate where we have to have, where we have to stand strong and stand together and stand in unity against the opposition of the enemy. We're not battling or fighting against each other, not flesh and blood, but there is a spiritual enemy that we are standing and fighting against. And we've got to stand together and make a solid front. Amen? Before the enemy and before the opposition. And the Spirit of the Lord, when that enemy comes in, and he will, if we will stand together and believe God, the Spirit of the Lord, like a flood. Oh, hallelujah. Like a flood. Just like that flood waters when, when, when Tom Sock Reservoir, when that levee was breached, when, uh, when the levees were breached in New Orleans during Katrina. Like a flood. I'm telling you, when the floods of God's Spirit comes, there is no enemy, there is no opposition, there is no power of darkness that can stand before the floods of the Spirit of Almighty. God. Hallelujah. I will pour water, he said. God said, I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. Would you stand with me tonight? Praise God. Let's worship the Lord. I have a feeling I know what they're going to sing tonight. But you need a breakthrough. We need breakthroughs in our life. 
And I want you to know, if that breakthrough has seemed uh, like it's been uh, long in coming, you hang on tonight. God's got a breakthrough for your life. Hallelujah. He will.